You are listening to Reach MD XM233, the channel for medical professionals. Certificate of Need. Do they increase the number of unnecessary procedures? Welcome to the Clinician Roundtable. I am Dr. Matthew Sorrentino, a cardiologist at the University of Chicago Medical Center and your host today on Clinician Roundtable. With me today is Dr. Vivian Ho, the Associate Professor of Medicine at Baylor College of Medicine and the James A. Baker III Institute Chair in Health Economics at Rice University. Recently, uh, Dr. Ho was an author of a paper in the International Journal of Healthcare Finance and Economics discussing certificate of needs and the implication of uh, these uh, certificate of needs. I thought first I would ask Dr. Ho, what exactly is a certificate of need and how does it vary from state to state? A certificate of need is a regulation which is usually uh, enforced by uh, officials at the state public health department. There are various different regulations that these states um, use under certificate of need. For instance, they will limit the number of acute care hospitals, or they could, uh, um, in, in this case, limit the number of uh, providers providing open-heart surgery or coronary catheterization that influences angioplasty. And uh, the regulators impose um, constraints on the providers, asking them for uh, information on what types of facilities that they are going to introduce and, and what is the expected need in their community for the procedures that they wish to offer. So these are state-directed uh, uh, certificate of needs, and I presume then that each state has their own regulations, so they differ from state to state? Yes, they do. Uh, the, these, these regulations used to be federal, but in the 1980s, uh, the Reagan administration wanted to reduce the amount of regulation and, and assign more responsibility to the states who might have their own preferences about what they wanted to regulate and not. And so some of the states chose to regulate and keep certificate of need, and some didn't. Point in my study, I, I believe 28 states kept certificate of need regulations, and about half of them still have those enforced today. Now, why would a state want to have a certificate of need? In other words, what is the main point of having one of these? Well, there actually are two main points. The reason why certificate of need um, regulations were originally implemented is it, it was felt that unless one controlled the number of providers in the market, that one would have unnecessary duplication of very expensive technology. And so um, one of the main priorities was to uh, control costs. But the other priority um, is based on what is known as a volume outcome effect in the medical literature, and that is that if a provider does more of a particular complex procedure, they're going to have better outcomes, and in particular, lower mortality rates. So if the regulators could limit the number of providers, those providers could therefore treat more patients per hospital and therefore have better outcomes for their patients. So it sounds like the state has an interest in trying to cut costs at the same time forming centers of excellence, if you will, that will improve quality of care as well. So let's talk about uh, your study then. Your study specifically looked at uh, certificates of needs in the uh, cardiovascular area, looking at uh, bypass surgery and uh, angioplasties. Can you tell us how you developed your study and what you were looking for? Well, uh, what I did is pull data from the Agency for Healthcare Research and Quality, which collects uh, hospital discharge abstracts from the majority of states in the United States. So I had information on every single open-heart surgery and angioplasty performed in these states over the period of, of more than a decade. And I used that data from those hospitals to look at whether states with certificate of need indeed had higher procedure volumes per hospital. And then I tried to look at whether those mortality rates were lower uh, as a function of those higher volumes in those states. 
What I found was that certificate of need states indeed had hospitals with higher procedure volume. However, that was associated with no reduction in mortality for angioplasty and only minimal reductions in mortality for open-heart surgery. So you were comparing states that uh, had the regulation compared to states that did not have the regulation. In the states that did not have the regulation, was there also clearly a lower volume uh, per center in those states? Well, what's interesting is that I looked at volume in two ways. First, I looked at volume per hospital. In states without CON, they had lower volume per hospital. However, when I looked at those states in aggregate, they appeared to have more total procedures performed. Well, well, that's interesting. So the procedures were spread out now among more hospitals, but but yet there was no overall average difference in the number of procedures done. Uh, oh, sorry, I, I I misspoke a second ago. Per hospital, procedure volumes are lower in non-CON states, but what actually happens is CON states actually have more procedures overall total as well. So to put it another way, even though there were fewer providers in CON states overall, those providers will tend to perform more procedures than in states without CON. So one way of concluding from that then is that the CON may somehow drive the number of procedures? Yes, that's what I'm speculating. And and, and, um, when I've spoken with other physicians, they also seem to think that this may be the case. It it is a concern. Um, As part of the regulations, the CON regulators will put minimum procedure volume requirements on uh, new entrants. They don't want to give a new provider a certificate of need to perform open-heart surgery unless they can get up to uh, a high procedure volume that will guarantee um, good outcomes. And they also want to make sure that there is demand for those services in the community. The problem is when they impose these regulations, it also puts pressure on hospitals feeling, well, they need to meet those minimum procedure requirements. For example, they need to perform 200 open-heart surgeries per year or else they could lose their certificate of need and not be allowed to perform any open-heart surgeries. You are listening to ReachMD, XM233, the channel for medical professionals. I am Dr. Matthew Sorrentino, and my guest is Dr. Vivian Ho, who has done uh, some very interesting research on certificate of needs, and her studies suggest that certificate of needs uh, may actually increase volumes in hospitals uh, that have this uh, regulation. In, in looking at the different uh, hospitals in different states, I suspect that there are different minimal numbers state to state. Did that uh, affect the variability at all uh, from your study? Uh, yes. W- what we noticed is from previous surveys that there are different minimum procedure requirements for different states, but there there wasn't enough variation in those minimum volume standards for us to be able to incorporate that into the analysis and see For example, does uh, the minimum procedure volume volume requirement of 200 versus 400 actually change the total number of procedures being performed in the state? Yeah, I was wondering if that would be the case, that maybe just the numbers are too low to actually change uh, practice or change uh, outcome. Uh, So if the minimum numbers were higher, do you think that would then lead to the actual outcome they wanted, which was less cost and better um, quality of care? Okay, so the advantage of that approach is you restrict further um, low-volume hospitals from providing care, which should lead to um, lower mortality rates at some point and should also lower unit costs. So in principle, that may lead to better outcomes for patients. But it may not, simply because, again, every time you put in a minimum procedure volume requirement, hospitals may respond to that by performing more procedures. And what we can't tell in this study is who they choose to perform these procedures on. And if they are performing procedures on patients who um, 
definitely meet the, the clinical criteria for requiring angioplasty and open heart surgery, that's a good thing. However, um, there have been examples that we've seen uh, in other stories not related to CON, but hospitals performing um, open heart surgery on patients who did not have the clinical indications for requiring that aggressive surgery. So I would expect it would be in the interest of a hospital to acquire a CON because then they can get uh, these procedures that bring in a high level of, of revenue. And yet your study is suggesting that from the state's point of view, they really don't make any difference. Uh, so do you think this will influence the states to uh, do away with this whole uh, certificate of need process? I think definitely there, there doesn't seem to be a mortality benefit that justifies supporting CON for open-heart surgery and angioplasty, maybe a marginal benefit for open-heart surgery. So, yes, I think there's, there's a raging debate going now on in many states, and actually very, very recently two or three states have uh, talked about dropping CON or actually have done that. And uh, in some states it's, it's a legislative battle going back and forth uh, between hospitals that have the CON and would like to keep it that way and keep some of their competitors out, for example, for-profit systems and specialty hospitals who want to enter and, and would like to see um, the elimination of CON. So I guess I'm still a little bit concerned about the conclusion from the study that you think that uh, one possibility is that hospitals are trying to meet these minimal standards by uh, increasing the number of procedures. So w what that suggests to me is that there may be uh, instances where unnecessary procedures or procedures that uh, may not quite fit uh, criteria are being done. Is there any way to sort that out, or is this just speculation at this point that their certificate of needs may actually increase unnecessary procedures? Well, yes, you're, you're absolutely right. That I, I can't prove with this data that unnecessary procedures are being performed, and, and, and um, hopefully there will be more complete data sets in the future um, which examine that. And I, I really should also caution that the, the mortality results in this paper are quite robust, and, and as a matter of fact, they're being confirmed by other studies that are coming out at the same time. But in terms of the total procedure volume, uh, you have to keep in mind that this data set, even though it has comprehensive data on those hospitals included, it is data from not all of the states. So not all of the states are included. Only about 28 states are included. So it could be swayed by two or three states which are extremely uh, margin influential. For example, I have a relatively small sample of hospitals that drop CON, and, and um, one of those is California, which sort of adds a lot of <laughs> a lot of observations. And you compare that to an influential state that kept CON, which is Florida, which is also very large, and ended up having extremely large growth in procedures. Um, I think almost double the size of what California was experiencing over that time. So it may be true if you compared Florida and California that you would conclude, yes, there does seem to be this effect and CON is, is leading to performing more procedures than you would otherwise. However, if you looked at all 50 states, and I'm in the process of doing a study like that, um, you may find a different result. Could it have just been coincidental when you look at Florida versus uh, California with uh, changing demographics, many more older patients coming to Florida, that the increase in numbers may have had nothing to do with the fact that a CON uh, requirement was in place? Well, um, we were concerned about that, and so we did in the study uh, try and control for some of these things. For example, we controlled for population over 65, so if there is a change in demographics for for Florida with the elderly migrating there more than California. And we did control for that. And we also controlled for HMO penetration rates and rates of smoking, per capita income, and um, the percentage that was uninsured. So we tried to control for those 
other factors that would also influence whether a state had a large number of open-heart surgeries or, or angioplasties. From uh, your study, uh, if you were asked by uh, a state uh, what your recommendation would be, uh, what, what would you tell them about the effectiveness of uh, CONs at this point? Um, right now, I would say, uh, you know, I, 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 I must say that I would not say definitely um, maintain the, the, the legislation or, or definitely eliminate it. I would say that it doesn't seem to be that these regulations help with mortality, so it becomes a question of appropriateness and cost, and um, I think we need to do a little bit more research, and I think I and others in the field over the next one or two years hopefully will be able to resolve this issue on whether these regulations lead to more procedures overall. I want to thank Dr. Vivian Ho from Baylor College of Medicine and Rice University, who has been our guest on Clinician Roundtable, and we have been discussing some of her recent research on certificates of needs and how they have changed outcomes in the cardiovascular field. I'm Dr. Matthew Sorrentino. You have been listening to Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD XM233, the channel for medical professionals. For comments and questions, send your email to xm at reachmd.com. Thank you for listening.